When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 3 Podcast. This might be college football, heaven. And we are back. Uh, Take your phone calls, more guests to come. It's already been pretty exciting with some of the guests, including John Clay, talking about the Kentucky basketball program. Let's get to the calls here, and Jace is in Augusta. Hello, Jace. Hey, Paul. Um, first of all, I want to say, you know, I mean, we're the favorite of winning the, the national championship but, uh, the, the next year in football, but I want, I want to talk about Georgia basketball. Okay. Um, you know, uh, like a month and a half ago, we were in third place in the standings. And I don't know what White is doing, um, but, I mean, we lost to an 11-11 Arkansas team this past weekend. And um, we do not look good at all right now. Um, you know, we, we were looking at a possible NCAA bid. I don't even think we'll get an NIT bid at this point. I mean, I mean, we, we, we suck at this point. Yeah, Jace, uh, I saw some of that game, too. Uh, I, I've expected more from Mike White. Uh, second year, should be doing better. A lot of competition, though. I mean, not to state the obvious, but it is a fact. Brad is in Macon, Georgia. You're on the air. Hello, Brad. Hey, Mr. Paul. I hope everyone is doing well today on this rainy Monday. We are, man. Man, the rain, is it's been raining for days. God, it's been awful down here, uh, Mr. Paul. I've, there's been wrecks everywhere water all over the roads it's uh our responders are are really earning their pay today i'll say that um hey mr paul before i ask you my question can i throw in a fellow make knights hat for the oc job at alabama go right ahead okay well this guy's from macon georgia he is a harlan hill winner which is the next level down equivalent to the heisman trophy oh yeah he coached with Hal Mummy at University of Kentucky. He is also the head coach now at Sanford University, and his name is Chris Hatcher. Oh yeah, I know Chris. So, Donna, I mean, so Coach. DeBoer, yeah, we've look at uh, when uh, when Coach Leach died, we had Chris on the show, uh, who was part of that yeah. tree, as you know, and we had him on again some other time. I think uh, Sanford must have been playing somebody. Was it Georgia or one of the one of the SEC schools? But uh, he is a it was, he is I an think outstanding it was Auburn, maybe well, Auburn. Wasn't he uh, at one time Kirby Smart? Uh, didn't he hire Kirby to Valdosta State? Yeah, yeah, right. that's right. That's correct. Um, yeah, he's awesome. The dude, the dude can spin a ball, and he can coach a ball. Yeah, he, so, he, he is an outstanding. Hey. I, I don't know what what Grub is looking for. I, I do not. Um, I don't think he was yeah. planning on having to make a change. Uh, but uh, right. But he there are a bunch of names out there. I'm sure they're, I'm sure he'll get somebody pretty quickly. I mean, Alabama is, a, is an attractive place. Brad, thank you for the call. I do appreciate it. And let's uh, check out 
Johnny in South Carolina. Hello, Johnny. Hey, what's going on, Mr. Paul? Hey, check this out. Uh, this is my second time calling. I got a take, but like I said, uh, this is my second time calling. I remember the first time I was calling, it was like before the football season regularly, uh, the college football season started, and I, and I was mentioning about, you know, about the whole Alabama thing, how long, you know, Nick Saban got left. You know, I don't want to get all into that because I know he's a lot of, you know, heart broken fans, but I'm, I'm still shocked. But, you know, I just want to say, you know, this is my second time, Carla. I enjoy all the craziness going on the radio. But my main take is on Jalen Miro. Is is he staying at Alabama or is he going to the NFL? He is staying uh, at Alabama. Okay. All right. So check this out. So you know how when Ryan Tannehill, he was at a wide, he was a wide receiver at Texas A&M and then transitioned to a quarterback. Even I ain't going to speak on him. Right. But so from him transferring to that and, even though I felt like he should have went to another school, like how Jalen Hurts went to Alabama to Oklahoma to get you know better with the whole passing and all that. Even though Jalen Milrow was a hell of a was a hell of a quarterback in the second half of the season, he was fireworks exploding, lights off, amazing, like some Lamar Jackson type stuff. So, even though he's staying one more year, do you think he will be a Heisman finalist? And do you think he can carry Alabama to the national championship this year? Well, Johnny, he, he, was, uh, he was nearly a Heisman finalist last year, so I think he, he certainly could be. But Alabama needs a, a huge season. Uh, I would not right. – uh, at this point, and I, I have picked Alabama to win the national championship for about 16 straight years, but other, until this year, I, I might add, I picked Georgia. Okay. Um, okay. I, I don't see Alabama making the, making, winning the national championship this year. Uh, and one more thing about Jalen Miller. So when he do get drafted to the NFL, do you think he needs to change position? Because I feel like he will be a great other position player than a quarterback, to be honest. Like a, a, a uh, no, right, right now I think he could be a quarterback. I mean, okay. you're right about Lamar. I mean, he has all those skills. I mean, he can. He's not the. He's not a great short passer as we we've seen. But he can throw the ball a long way. He's fairly accurate on the long ball. He's a phenomenal runner, uh, to repeat what everybody always says. But he's usually, <laughs> usually, if not always, the best athlete on the field. Thanks for the call. I do appreciate it. B-Rad in Tennessee. Hey, B-Rad. Mr. Paul, how are you today? We're well, doing great. Thank you. You know, I'm just, you know, I keep my boots on the ground. I've got to ask the people what they want to hear, what they want to know. Are you a Swifty? Yes, I am. You are? Yeah. Uh, awesome, awesome, awesome. And, um... Now you know all too well. Uh, I can tell how you're talking to you. You got a crush on... I mean, I mean, everybody likes No, at, at my point in life, I, I, I just, uh... <laughs> I think I think Taylor's in good hands. Um... Oh, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. But, I mean, I... I, I it's kind of a weird deal. I liked her a lot as a country singer. Then I kind of went away for a number of years, but, but I've been brought back. All right. All right. And uh, one last thing. Rest in peace, Toby Keith. I don't know if you got one of those. but Yeah, I'll tell you what. You know, now boy. you're talking about a guy that I was a, major, I was a monster fan of Toby Keith. Oh, I can tell. I can tell. Good Tennessee boy. Columbia, Tennessee, man. We love you. Hey, thank you very much, B-Rad.
man, I'm gonna, my reputation right out the window with all my uh, classic rockers. Um, Eli is up next in Los Angeles. Uh, hello, Eli. Hey, how you doing, Paul? We are doing great. Thank you. Good, good. Uh, my call was actually regarding um, what do you think of the turnaround uh, the South Carolina basketball program has made uh, this year under Lamont Paris? Do you think it's kind of a fluke, or do you think this team can kind of have a magical run like they did in 2017? Now, I don't think there's anything fluky about some of the wins they've had. Uh, man, uh, they are one of the most impressive teams in the SEC. So uh, he, uh, he's done it the, the hard way. He, I mean, he, last year was a, a, a transitional year. We talked to uh, Lamont right after the Kentucky game, and uh, there's nothing fluky. I mean, he is a fantastic coach. That's why Ray Tanner brought him in, and uh, I think they, uh, they're going to be a pretty good seed in the tournament. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it very, very much. Bob is up next in Kentucky. Hello, Bob. Hey, how you doing today, sir? Okay. Uh, I got a couple quick questions for you. Do you think Kentucky's defense, basketball-wise, is going to get it turned around, or do you think it's more to do with coaching? I don't know how you can turn a defense around three months into the season. You either have it or you don't. Right. I mean, do you think so? You think it's more player-wise? Well, I mean, mean, the one thing that that Clay told us a few minutes ago, John Clay, uh, he said that there's – as you know, as a fan, they've gone through a lot of injuries, so it's a matter of being healthy. It's a matter of right. uh, tweaking some things. Um, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a DefCon one yet. I'm maybe DefCon four, <laughs> but uh, I think it's a really critical moment. And the the problem is, I mean, it sounds obvious, but every time you lose uh, one of these games, uh, your your position diminishes and, and you just make it you make it that much harder on yourself uh right, yeah Kentucky I, I mean I remember Kentucky as an eight seed what was it 10 years ago beat Wichita State or somebody as a number one seed so I mean these things are doable and Kentucky has done it many times but the road gets a lot harder and then you go to you know, you're stuck in Nashville now on Thursday which just gives you more opportunity to get knocked out of there uh which also uh upset your fans because they, they spent a lot of money uh, and that tournament is a big deal. I mean, I've been there many years on a Wednesday when Kentucky isn't coming in till Friday and the opening night, which is usually not overly exciting, you got 50, 50 to 60 percent Kentucky fans. We head to the break. More to come. More of your phone calls right after this. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com Paul. That's HIMS.com Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com Paul. 
Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. And Dominic is up next. What do you got, Dominic? Hey, Paul. How was your weekend? Fantastic. All right. So I wanted to ask you two questions about the Super Bowl and what about some Bama football. Okay. So me and my friends were talking on the bus this morning and thought Taylor did an awesome job chugging that beer, don't you think? She slammed it down like a uh, like a country girl from East Tennessee. Yeah. But secondly, I don't think people understand how big that PAT was that Moody got blocked. Oh, yeah, that was huge. Yeah, because if he would have made that, then the Chiefs may have been able to score at the end. It would have been a huge decision for them. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that shifted so many so many aspects of the game, but... Yeah, we act, we act like those things are automatic. They're not. Yeah. And one thing about Bama football, I was reading about Grubb and Huff today leaving for Seattle. Yeah. And I read some more that said maybe Matt Luke from Clemson could be the next O-line coach. What are your thoughts about that? Well, Matt Luke is uh, an outstanding O-line coach. Uh, so I think that would be a good uh, replacement for, for Huff, if, if that indeed happens. Yeah, because he came from Georgia, and he was that head coach at Ole Miss and played center. Yeah, I mean, but he was he was at Ole Miss. Uh, I think he I think he was there under uh, Ogeron and Freeze, and he moved up. Uh, he did a credible job as the head coach, and then he went. Did he go to Georgia next? I think he did, and then he retired, and then he went back into it. So I think that would be a good one, Dominic. Yeah, well, hopefully Bama can lead some of these people in the right way. And as always, roll damn tide, Paul! See you later, buddy! <laughs> I, was, I was wondering when we would get to that. Willis is in Los Angeles. Hello, Willis. Hi, hey, uh, Paul. Always a great show on a high plane, but I'm going to turn a little mean. I called you about 10 months ago to warn you that uh, Tyler Buckner was not a D1 quarterback. Paul, he was right. I also touted the kid saying that Alabama had for a while, but the real tragedy with saying is now Mr. Chip Kelly is his offensive coordinator. Yeah. It's like giving a mental defective a Ferrari. Just, he's not going to do it. And he, if he could double cross the Bruins, He'll double cross Ohio State. Yeah, but hey, State. Willis. Uh, the first chance he you, got. You, uh, the Bruins were about to fire him, too. So, uh, I mean, Chip Kelly just took, a, took the exit ramp. Uh, he was not going to make it. He did not have the support. 
And he did a, an average job uh, at UCLA. I, I mean, I don't know what happened to Chip Kelly. We're talking a guy 15 years ago was one of the top five coaches in college football. And uh, you know, that, that NFL experience just must have done something to his system. But Well, he's overfed, overpaid, setting a poor example for his team. And, I mean, he's, not, he's like the anti-Saban. You should, you should want to, you know, if you're a kid looking for leadership and you look at him, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a non-starter, okay? Get him out of here. It's, our, it's the West Coast version of Jimbo Fisher. And accurate. He's gone, man. And, but he will depth charge Ohio State, too. He will, he'll do it. And he'll ruin a, a good quarterback. I'm as high on saying as I was down on Buckner. Uh, he, I mean, I'm sure you've seen him. Yeah, no, uh, I have seen him. And I, and I, I frankly uh, think that was a devastating loss to Alabama. I know everybody's looking past it, but he was Alabama's future for the next couple of years. Well, he, 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 he's, a, he's a smart player as well as being physically gifted. And that it's, it's important to – develop a guy like that and when you look uh at the future now for uh, what california college football we had not one team last year that could play the bruins sucked the trojans fell down fresno state was good for a while cal and stanford san diego state wasn't bad i remember correctly what's that san diego state wasn't too bad Oh yes, they were. They were. They, they, they had a losing record. They were fell apart. But they produced good people. Like a lot of programs, they produce NFL draftees that can play, but they do not put it together. And they basically got rid of Brady Hoke at the end of the season. He was just, he was he was done. But I'll tell you what. I'm a Michigan fan now. With uh, with Kelly at uh, at, at Ohio State, and it's uh, that that simple. How do you think this uh, 12:30 start time and and the head-to-head Fox ESPN thing is going to go? Is, is this big merger of sports television uh, going to affect college football? Well, I don't I don't think it's going to uh, adversely affect it. I think uh, there are going to be more. There, there I, I don't think the number of windows is really going to be dramatically different. It's just, it's really a shifting. Uh, the Big Ten has taken the NFL model using four carriers, including their own, which is the uh, Big Ten network, and the SEC is choosing everything on, on one model. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Dwayne is up next. What's up, Paul? Bon, bon. What's up, buddy? Hey there. Huh? How you doing, man? We're doing great. I'm clipping my toenails right now. That's, well, that's, hey. a good, that's a really good thing to do when you call the show. <laughs> hey, 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 Chip Kelly. Hey, Chip Kelly took off, huh? Chip Ke- hey, Chip Kelly knew we were going to bust his butt in Vegas. Chip Kelly knew that. You know that, huh? You know that, Paul. Chip Kelly knew we were going to dog him out in Vegas the first game of the season. Us in UC- UCLA in Vegas. Yeah? But the Super Bowl was that. We were going to dog him out. Now, what you think, huh? What you think? That's why Chip Kelly left. Well, Chip, I mean, I, I, Chip Kelly left because he, you know was, that on, man he, left he was on borrowed time. time. I mean, everybody knows that. There ain't no roll tie. Roll that tiger. Mike the tiger. 
That was going to be saying, Chip Keller took off, boy. Chip Keller took off. You know that Tiger's coming. You knew Mike the Tiger's coming. I've heard that rumor. Haven't seen much evidence of it. What? That, that, that Tiger is coming. I mean, I saw him briefly yeah, two years yeah, ago. Yeah, you know. I saw him in overtime <laughs> against Alabama. I didn't see him at all last year. You know that Tiger's coming? Yeah. You know Mike the Tiger's coming? You better not get caught. He's going to tear your butt up, too. Yeah. Hey, I ain't, I'm dog. not afraid of no Mike the Tiger. Yeah, that dog. You know, you went, I know you graduated from Tennessee. That dog that I got over there. Put that dog against Mike the Tiger. Well, I, 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 I tell you what, I would put against. I tell you what, Let's I would put against. Hey, let's see Browning. Let's see Browning on last. <laughs> hey, let me, let me. How about this one? You got Mike the Tiger. I got the Gator from Florida. Oh, we gonna tear him up. We gonna roast him. We gonna roast. We gonna roast Mike. Gonna roast him. Uh, hey, no, I'm afraid Mike not. And now, you, and now you got, and now you got Bevo. That, you got the, that, you got that, the Longhorn uh, coming in. Oh, he's gonna jump on his back. Hey, that tiger <laughs> gonna jump on his back. I bet that tiger jump on his back. He gonna go crazy. I bet you tell him buck that tiger off his back. Uh, I that, saw Mike the Tiger Mike last year against the Seminoles and against the Rebels. Who else? Oh, uh, Alabama. Yeah. Hey, right, Isn't that man, scary? Come on now. Wasn't that scary? Yeah. It wasn't that scary, huh? No. Watch this time, now. Hey, got a, they got a part two. You know they got a part two behind that, huh? I didn't know uh, that. Like every movie, now. Every movie got a part two to it, now. All right? Well, this is All part right? three. The sequel wasn't part very three, good, huh? Dwayne. The sequel flopped at the box office. Hey, I want to tell you something. You're right, boss. Like that, boy. Hey, by the way, Dwayne, uh, one of my, one of my, one of my uh, friends in the other room had a question. I got a question for you. What? If LSU has a sequel, does this phone call have a point? That yeah, phone call got a point. <laughs> yeah, the phone call got a point. Hey, the point is that we gonna whoop on Alabama. You should tell that little dude that before that before I called that Alabama will get that gonna get whoop on this year. I watched Alabama and LSU on Saturday in basketball and. Uh, Mike the Tiger didn't know, fare too well against that uh, that elephant. I know, I saw that. I watched that. I watched that bull crap. That man got to go. We should have kept Wayne Wade. Um, Wayne Wade. Wayne Wade. He Wayne Wade doing the same thing yeah, when they did. Um, if five, you could have kept Well five. Wade, you would have. But uh, uh, there wasn't enough uh, pure pure L in, in uh, Baton Rouge to, to wipe the, the germs off that guy's face. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. We are back with a conversation with an old friend. Joining the show. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Welcome back. It's been a while since we've talked to Chris Marler. He's got a new podcast entitled Fourth and Wrong. Chris Marler joining us. Headline here, DeBoer faces play-calling dilemma after Grubb goes elsewhere for more Grubb. Roll Tide, Chris. <laughs> Roll Tide, Paul. It's, uh, it's good to talk to you. It's been a wild, about a wild uh, start to the year in Alabama. So, uh, get everybody off the ledge here. Uh, a couple of coaches are gone. That's not unusual. Uh, the one, Grubb never seemed very comfortable, even though he proclaimed he was the OC. What does all this mean? Yeah, you know, I think that the one thing, if you're trying to talk to Bama fans and try to get them off the ledge, I mean, good luck, for one, because it's been a wild offseason with saving and everything like that. I would say the other thing that would, would probably point to probably the positivity out of this is, I mean, this is Kalen DeBoer's offense. It's going to be Kalen DeBoer's offense. It, it's, it sucks, and it kind of hurts that you're losing, um, you know, a, a guy like Ryan Grubb, because it's the guy you tried to hire two years ago, right? Like, he, he came in, interviewed for the job with, with Nick Saban. I think he made clearly the right decision to go back to Washington with everything they had already in place and especially the quarterback position. You bring him back this year, you know, he takes a job for the NFL, which I don't think this is something that is that's necessarily uh, a, a strike to the blow or, or a blow to, the, to Alabama. It's something we're going to start seeing a lot more of now in college football because it, the calendar is awful and the job itself is so demanding for these for these coaches. So I think that it's it's a good move on on his part. I think that DeBoer will figure out like what to do from here on out. And it might just be that he's calling plays in year one. And again, this is his offense anyway, so you got to feel good about that. Chris Marler, let's let's talk about DeBoer for a second and forget his credentials. We all know that's how he got the job. Uh, they're incredible. Um, he's been on the job a month. I don't know. I mean, we had a nice chat with him first couple of days. He's uh, made a little bit of news, but he's mostly been quiet. Uh, what, what do you make out of this? the first days of DeBoer? So uh, the one I love the fact that when he was on with you, it was a good interview, and I, I, I felt like he looked unfazed. I, I felt like he didn't look like this moment was like way too big. He didn't have like a starstruck look in his eyes or anything like that, which is, which is tough to do with you, Paul. Um, I have it every single time I come on here. So I think that when he's talking about um, trying to – like, I think trying to get some stability into the program, um, you know, like, like we just talked about the grub thing isn't, isn't ideal necessarily, but like, like the ship is starting to finally kind of level out. It seems like in, in like the waters, because it was rough there for a while. Um, and it feels like from now, like the, I think quiet is probably better than anything Bama fans have seen in the last month, because for a while there, you're talking about, you're waking up, getting on Twitter and you're just saying like, all right, three more guys left, or this, this coordinator is leaving to go to Georgia and this, this is happening with, with this person. It, it was a tumultuous couple of weeks there, and I think it's really nice just to have some like peace and quiet uh, like on the, on the TL a little bit. Listen, the, there's still enormous talent there. That's why Alabama will be a preseason top 10 pick, probably the pick of many to uh, even make the playoffs, whatever these predictions mean. But, but is, it, is it true or is it just imagination that this program – it's taken quite a hit. Uh, we knew it would, but uh, the aftermath of Nick Saban is a gut punch. 
Yeah, you know, I think I think the one thing that's the biggest gut punch for Bama fans is kind of having to admit some things that that they didn't think were necessarily true, and, and that includes me. And that that you know the stuff like the, the discount that kids were taking for NIL to come to Alabama instead of going to other places and getting paid sometimes two, three times more than they were getting paid at Alabama because you had Nick Saban there. Um, that's one of the reasons you saw this mass excess of players. And and I think losing the greatest coach in cultural history is tough enough to get over. Um, I, I think that that moving forward, like, yeah, like the, the thing that you want to be positive about is this. And, and that's, you know, I thought Lanning would have been your best option. And you go out and get the guy that beat Lanning three times in, in two years. You know, Sark is another guy we heard rumors about. And I think that a lot of Bama fans are very fond of, especially with his time as OC there um, in the national championship in 2020. He's two and zero against them. So you know, combine five and zero against some of these other candidates that we we heard rumblings about, even though we had no proof of that. I, I feel like you got the guy that that is not going to go out necessarily and blow the doors off of, of anybody for for recruiting as we know of yet. Getting Ryan Williams is a huge, huge step, but it's also a guy that, like from an X's and O's standpoint, it might be the best in the country from what we've seen at, at Washington. Like I mean, he went twenty five and, and three at Washington in two years. Um, just a tremendous job there. So. If you're talking about trying to like limit the 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 damage from what Saban has left there in in the interim of this is it's probably you want a guy that can go out there and doesn't need to be building something like Hugh Freeze is trying to do at Auburn, which is like from the ground up and going out and get recruits and trying to layer it like that. It's let's go win now, and we have a guy that can win now and has won in every place he's been at. Chris, other than your beloved Tide, and my did that feel good saying that to somebody else? Um, what else? What What are you most intrigued by as we make this turn uh, to the through the off season to spring and ultimately the summer? So I, I mean I think that looking at the the what Brian Kelly has done in in Baton Rouge, I mean there was like a moment there where you're talking about how he, like there were rumors that he was going to Baton Rouge. He had some speculation that if the job was offered, would he go to Michigan and leave Baton Rouge? All he's done this entire offseason is show his commitment to strengthening every single facet of that program. Just, I mean, from the ground up, like the recruiting, the roster, the, the, the staff, all he's done is done a tremendous job with, with every single part of that and strengthening that whole, whole program into becoming, in becoming a national championship contender, which is what they kind of thought they would be last year. So I, I love what he's done there. And I, I, you know, I hate to say it, I'm, I'm really, really intrigued with what Auburn is doing because Auburn has come in. And, and put together a tremendous class, and they've got some great offensive firepower, especially at the receiver position, which is where they struggled a lot last year. But Hugh Freeze taking over the play calls. Who Who is going to throw the football? Because that was their biggest issue a year ago. And, and I think that I said this before Saban retired, like going into the Hugh Freeze hire. If you're Auburn, you have a really good chance of kind of turning the momentum just like that in the entire state of Alabama with with Saban on his way out and Hugh Freeze coming in, coming in um, at Auburn, with, with what he could possibly build there. Um, we've already seen it with the high school recruiting and stuff like that, and then what he's done in, in state. I, they have a really good opportunity to turn around that, you know, how, how drastically different that rivalry was under Saban versus when it was before he was there. Chris, uh, almost too much now has been made out of the situation with Billy Napier. I mean, I'm already, it's only uh, February 12th. I'm already sick of talking about it, but there, there's a lot more to say. Other than Napier, who are you most concerned about among the SEC head coaches? Man, it's Sam Pittman, and it's it's, it's not even just because Pittman's job is is up for up for debate and then possibly on the hot seat. It, it is because we all love Sam Pittman. My dog is jumping up here and says hello for you guys in the in the 
and the, the TV land over here. Um, anyway, so I think Pittman, Pittman is the one that I think that most people are concerned about because like he's been he's been a great coach at Arkansas. People forget he won nine games um, in 2021, and that was like more than they had in three years combined before he got there, like like in the late 2010s. He's done a tremendous job with that program. I understand that they have fallen short of expectations, but like last year, but what were the expectations? Were they even realistic? Because it's a tough league to win in, and it's not like Arkansas has really been, you know, a, a top-tier program at any point during their time in the SEC. So I think we all love Sam Pittman. I, you know, I used to think, I say he was like fat Shane Beamer because he was really, really likable. <laughs> and then we learned last year Shane Beamer apparently isn't likable. So Sam Pittman's in a class of his own with that, and I, I just I hate I hate the idea that he could be gone next year. Yeah, and I guess – it, when you when you bring in Bobby Petrino, it makes everybody nervous because yeah, is he really trustworthy? Yeah, especially the administrative staff, you make everyone nervous for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, put only plastic forks at team meals from now on with Bobby Petrino <laughs> around. Yeah, I think that's a good move. He might he might just try to you know pull a, a Kevin Steele and take the job from him. I don't know. Yeah, Kevin's available. We had him on the other day and. Uh, He's uh, he's been in. I think he's broken the record for being interim coach in the SEC. That's wild, wild. Thanks for the participation tonight, Chris. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, Paul. See you soon. Chris Marler joining us as we take a short break. More of your phone calls around the corner. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Uh, we appreciate all of you uh, being here, and uh, let's check in with Clay from uh, Georgia. Hey, Clay. Hey, Mr. Paul. How you doing this afternoon? Doing great. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, just a quickly comments about Herb Street. Of course, I'm a Georgia fan, but I mean, there's got to be something to this because I mean, how else would he be involved? I mean, his name came from somewhere, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, I don't. I don't have a lot of. I mean, George will be fine without Raul, and you know it is what it is. But, but uh, you know, and, and then I'll say this about Herb Street: if it was up to him, we wouldn't have had football in 2020 because he was ready to to hang up the whole season. So you know, he's yeah, kind of lost. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I try, listen. I, I know everybody thinks that I'm just uh, sitting here as a shill for Herb Street. I'm not. Uh, I, I care a lot. Let me let me make it clear to you. I care a lot more about the University of Georgia than I do a singular broadcaster that works for ESPN and uh, that's why I gave the opinion I did on day one that uh, all I said was a caller brought it up I said I think it's a bad look and then he uh, 
he tried to clean it up the next day, uh, and I don't, you know, I, I, I really was indifferent. Uh, my, my theory was let him say whatever he wants to say. Uh, I think he's been hurt by, I think Georgia fans are not going to change their mind, and I don't think he changed their mind, do you? No, sir, I certainly don't. And, and, and I'll say this about the college game day program. Uh, I mean, I, I like Rich Davis, uh, and, you know, Coach, Coach Corso is entertaining, but, you know, I'm looking forward to Nick Saban being a part of that program because maybe I can start watching it again because it'll have some quality content. Well, you're right um, about that. I'll, I'll I mean, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of criticism, and I think the fact that uh, McAfee uh, blew up on the Georgia fans at the SEC title game, the firing of, of, of Pollock, uh, the fact that Saban's daughter uh, made light of that the other day, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that make people uncomfortable, but Herb Street did himself no favors. Absolutely. Well, listen, let me ask you one question. Oh, another question. Is there a shortage of offensive coordinators in college football right now? Yeah, I don't think so. Well, it just seems like there's a lot of movement. I mean, you know, head coach is going to take offensive coordinating positions, and well, it's just well, kind of really. Well, I think, Clay, uh, I mean, I think there are, there is a trend. I mean, you saw Todd Munkin do it. Uh, he was very successful this year with the Ravens. You've seen other, uh, you've seen now Grubb go to the NFL. The NFL is a better job right now because you don't have to recruit. You don't have to deal with NIL. It's cut and dried. If you're good, you succeed. If you're not, you get fired. Uh, college football is very, is very uh, confusing right now. Hey, thank you very much for the call. Johnny B is up next. Hey Paul, thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Earlier in the earlier in the show, I heard Dale saying he was sobering up. I've never heard anybody say they had to sober up to call in on here. I thought you had to be drunk to listen and drunk to call too. <laughs> but uh, I, Larry must be in worse shape than we think because that Brad Crawford. You know, you had him on Friday, and then you replayed him today talking about Bama not even making the playoffs. Uh, you know, he's he's worse than Brad now. And I'm surprised that hadn't got a Larry lashing out of him. Are you surprised at that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Larry, Larry, Larry did call in the other day. He, he is going through a tough thing. And uh, I think I feel I'm optimistic, but uh, we haven't heard much from him. You're right. Hey, uh, one more thing. You're talking about the bad look with Herbie. I think this is a bad look with the Alabama program with the deception of Grubb. It, it seems like they wanted to act like he was there to get that two-time Mr. Football receiver guy. And then when that when the window closed, off he went. And you know, Johnny, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I, I feel, I feel uh, and I, I don't know what, uh, I, I felt Grubb was pretty grubby. Uh, remember the day on National Signing Day, he proclaimed in front of the cameras, I am the offensive coordinator here. Now, I, I can't say for a fact that he knew he was getting this job, but there, there were from the from day one, there was this uncomfortable feeling that he was coming. There's a picture circulating on Twitter and, and Instagram of a guy in that crowd, and he's giving him this look like I know you're full of bull. Yeah, and it's sort of funny because now that he he's like he must have, he must have known something. But I see this. Well, I, I just, I just hope I hope that uh, DeBoer was not part of this this con because it clearly was a con. Well, it's going to be an egg on his face, you know, because if I was recruiting at any other school, I'd say, look how they deceived these players during this period, acting like this coach is going to be no, here when the and, window and closed. And don't think, don't think Lane Kiffin and everybody else isn't, 
isn't over there uh, taking notes, but uh, oh, it, it, just, it, it's a bad look. Uh, and if it was done just to get that one player, then I don't think it was worth it. No, it's too much. Of, it's a bad rap for the university now, especially with a new coach coming in, all the indecision already. Uh, you know, I, I just think deceiving everybody to get that one guy could set the whole thing. And, and people argue, Johnny, well, yeah, it is Kalen DeBoer's offense. It's always the head coach's decision what to run. But this guy was the offensive coordinator of one of the best offenses in the country. And the offensive line coach had the best offensive line. Uh, to me, that's a big deal. Amen. I, I agree with you 100%. Well, I appreciate you taking my okay. call and enjoying the show. Thank you, Johnny. Always good to hear from you. Uh, we will talk next to Jim. Jim, good afternoon. Jim, you there? Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, Paul. How are you doing today? We are doing great. Thank you. Okay. And I, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Certainly appreciate it and everything. And I keep hearing, and, and I know we got a bunch of callers and stuff like that, but I keep hearing how the Saban dynasty is over, the Alabama dynasty is over, and those type things. And I guess they've had two dynasties with Saban and uh, Bear Bryant and all. But have we seen the Auburn's dynasty yet, or is Hugh Freeze going to be the Auburn dynasty, or well, you got to remember, Jim, to win a dynasty, you better win some championships. Uh, where there's a debate right now whether Kansas City can be a dynasty. Well, they, they've won three, three Super Bowls in five years. That's pretty close to it. And the argument was that Alabama had not won a championship in three years. But uh, Hugh Freeze needs to, needs to have a good record before he can have a dynasty. I, I don't think he had a winning record last year. Okay, well, would have Gus been the dynasty? or? Well, well no, Auburn has not had a dynasty, uh, really. I mean, Pat Dye had as close to a dynasty without ever winning a national championship. He won four straight SEC championships. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.